that is like when you have Torah without chassidus. It's Torah has all the meaning, all the beauty, all the joy, everything that a person can need in their life. But if you can't see it, how you can access it? So you have to do is turn on the light, and chassidus is the light. The room is set up to perfection. Everything is ready and prepared. All that is needed is for you to go and turn on the light. Join Achama Bela Silver as she shares with us her journey of choosing to courageously go and turn on the light switch in her life. Tune in to our DAS discussion where we take it from knowledge and bring it down to action. Go ahead, give a rating to this podcast, share this podcast with a friend so we can continue adding light to the world. Okay, welcome everybody to our eighth DAS discussion. And I, when I was checking up the number, I was like, this is perfect for Parshas Be'alaischa because the whole thing about the eighth light and, you know, one above nature and eight candles, the Manera. So some HP out over there. But we are so excited to have my dear friend with us today on Aleph All Over, Nechama Bela Silver. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm Nechama Bela Silver. Very excited to be here with you, Rifki. Um, first of all, thank you for doing this podcast. We're really enjoying it. I actually have a story for a start that from your podcast. You ready? I was just listening last night, um, trying to catch up with ones that I missed. First, I was listening to this week's the Sikha summary, and then I was listening to one that I missed. Like, I don't know why. Like, it was late at night. I'm like, hey, one more, one more. And I listened to the DAS discussion with your aunt Shoshana, I think is her name. And she was saying about that every situation you're in, that Hashem put you there. And that there are times when you see it and times when you don't. And the times when you see it should give you the strength for the times when it's not so clear to you. And every situation you're in, even when you're like, it's annoying or something went wrong, and you don't know why it turned out that way, you know that Hashem put you there for a reason, right? So that, something that effect. Anyway, this morning, um, I had a situation where I was actually able to use that, and it really helped me. Um, so this is like an advertisement for anyone who didn't listen to that last discussion. Go back and listen. It was a really good one. Um, By the way, you're the second oh, person who advertised that one, <laughs> who like referred back really to Shana's. I gotta tell my aunt. Yeah, it was a very good one. Um, to make a long story short, without the details, someone that I tutored, I had to go out on my first day off to pick up papers. Okay, a 15 minute walk away. But I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna do this. It's too complicated. Try to figure it out a different way. I'm just gonna walk and do it. I walk 15 minutes, pick up papers, and they had not been dropped off. Where they were supposed to be dropped off. First, I had to oh. search the whole building to find the person who was supposed to drop them off. That took another uh, five, ten minutes, whatever. And oh, they weren't dropped off. So sorry. Was back home half hour at least more. And also, like I had to like the whole like have an early morning and get out on time and everything on my first day off. And then the papers weren't even there. And, they and got the weather. And the weather is not so helpful either. <laughs> yeah, everything basically. And first, I was just, like so annoyed. Like seriously, like as this is a big thing for me to do, like just to get papers. Like it was going really out of my way um but like okay i'll do it you know and then they're not even there and then right away because i it was like fresh in my mind because i just wasn't literally last night like the last thing before i went to sleep um and i'm like hey hashem wanted me to walk these 15 minutes to be in this place right now i don't know why whatever it doesn't necessarily matter why hashem wants me to be here that's why i was here like the papers were not like that was not the point hashem brought me here because he wanted me to be here and it was very cool how that was like the first thing that popped into my head because i just watched it so and we should all be able to really, you know, 
internalize that and every situation that we have, it should be the first thing that pops in. I mean, I'm not saying the first thing. The first thing that popped in was that this is really annoying. But the second thing was that. So, yeah. Chambela, that is incredible. That is beyond. But by the way, you didn't introduce yourself yet. <laughs> Who are you? I, I said my name. What else did I introduce? Uh, what do you do? What's your advice to Kaidesh? My advice to Kaidesh right now. So I teach in a high school in Bar Park. And I teach math and science. And I take care of extracurricular programs. And then I do some tutoring. Besides, that's the main, just the my... <laughs> Amazing. Can I just say, like, it sounds like you're doing math and science, but Nakhan Bela infuses Tyra into every single thing that she learns. She's like calling me, how can I make this science class, um, like, teach them about what were you saying? Like, what was the catch you wanted to teach? Remind me. Oh, you actually helped me when I started the program. I remember now. What's the program called? Remember? Basically, when I teach biology, I have a program called BioBeams, and you helped me with the name of it or the slogan of it. I think the slogan, the slogan is bios more than it seems when we shine Tyra's beams. Wow, that's that's you know, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that of course. Good. You see, like yeah. you're, and everything you do, you you infuse Tyra. Okay, so let's get straight into. Right. You mentioned Bar Park, and you live in Bar Park. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your your journey to learning Chassidus or how you started? Because you went to school in which school? Take us on the journey. I went to Vin. Okay, so I went to Vin, which is going Bar Park. Um, when I was with Davin and Beis Menachem, which is the Wabash Shulam Bar Park, when I was in um, probably ninth grade, possibly 10th grade, there was a Tanya Shear for girls, for high school girls in Bar Park, given by Chayla Kartzak, actually shout out to her. Um, and I started going and I was like blown away. I went like very religiously. This was like my, like my life, you know? Um, I went, I, I'm almost sure it's down when I was in ninth grade. So yeah, I went ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. And I remember even telling someone, like, I couldn't believe it because it, like, it was, it's like a cliche kind of thing to say, but it was actually really true that like the weeks when I didn't go or we didn't have a Tanya share, like my week was different. Like that's what a big impact it had. Like I really felt that like changed my week. Um, that was start high school. Then in seminary, I helped, I was in seminary in Bar Park. Um, at that point, she had moved already. Um, so she offered she could come in, but she couldn't be on top of it. So I arranged the group and the place um, that year. Then was COVID, so we continued on the phone. Um, and then the year after that, I went to Bisrifka Sembe's. Mm-hmm. And that was my first, like, um, what do we call it? Explosion like, of Hasidus. Full-fledged. Yeah, exactly. And the rest is history. <laughs> Wow. And that's where I met you. And that's where you uh, keep on inspiring me from there. That's amazing. So let's actually bring this into the Sicha now. All these, like all your entire Misa is going to get carried into this Sicha. Because in this week's Sicha, there it says how our job as a neshama and a guf is that our neshama is a candle, right? The wick, the oil and everything like that. But we have to light it. We have to spark in that inspiration. And how do we do that? By Nair Mitzvah, Tyre R. Learning Tyre, learning, doing mitzvahs. That's our fire. That's our passion. That's what lights us up. So for coming from your experience, not necessarily learning Chassidus in your upbringing and then coming to Yisrifka Sembeis and then learning Chassidus from there on a much more intense level, let's connect it to what the Arab says about lighting up ourselves with, like, we are each a candle right and we have to light up ourselves through terra mitzvah that's literally what gives us life that gives us light 
So, what was your perspective of doing mitzvahs before? I'm just curious. Before and after learning chassidus, was there a big like shock? Because everyone says like you know chassidus changes the whole vision. Was there that for you with doing a mitzvah? Okay, so I can't say it was like a shock because I Hashem have grown up with it to an extent. It was my first like full on like being in it and surrounded by it, and you know, but it wasn't a shock. It was for me very just like how do I put it? It was like unifying. Like it took Yiddishkeit from being a bunch of different ideas and projects to being one big idea of like, everything is all about Hashem and and everything is under that. It's not like each thing is its own little Yiddishkeit kind of. So it unifies everything and it kind of makes everything a lot stronger, more meaningful because it's, it's like, it's like it's all about Hashem. And so making the world and every mitzvah that you do, is connecting you to Hashem in such a deep way and is elevating that part of the world. So wow. it just, it was this kind of like a similar perspective, but in a much stronger, clearer, and and also like it just infused everything with, with so much more meaning and with more simcha, because when there's meaning, then that's where, the, you know, and how does it go? Ain't simcha katarasas right? So once there's like that clarity, it, it's, yeah, it brings out a lot of joy in that, like you realize what you're doing and what you're accomplishing. Wow, so basically, like, the perspective is clear. I'm doing this to connect to Hashem, and I'm, you know, it's a whole different experience. L'chaim, that's pretty powerful. So you, Pashat, like, took the courage to to try something new. Like, to, not necessarily everyone around you, you have, all your friends are, don't necessarily want to but, like, the Rep says in this week's Sichal, like, we can't always rely on our teachers just to give us the inspiration and then, you know, keep on coming back to them. Because eventually, the Rep says, we have to stand on our own two feet. We have to be our own person. Take our own courage. What do I want from my life? I'm a shliach in this world. I'm a neshama and a guf. I have to light up my space, my area. I have to take the courage to think of my own ideas and take that, you know, initiate it to just plunge forth and do it. What gave you that courage to actually do what the Rebbe said in this week's Sicha? Not just to continue just depending on your teachers. Of course, our teachers are amazing. They make us who we are. Parents are incredible. But at a certain point, we need to stand on our own two feet and start lighting up our own surroundings. What gave you that courage like to, to do it in a full-fledged way? Okay, so first of all, what you said is exactly what I had. Like It was that moment I had to just like decide. Like, I can't just keep going the same path that was kind of like laid out. I had to like decide for myself like, like, what do you want from your life? Do you want to just keep going this way or do you want to, you know, see the light and, and make this real? So it was definitely like a decision. It wasn't just like what I want to do next year. It was a decision of like, where am I going with this? Where's my Yiddish guy going? Where's my Yiddish going? Um, what gave me the courage? So number one, I have to give some credit where credit is due. My sister actually went before me. So that kind of like opened up the pathway a little bit. It, meaning it was still a decision. It wasn't something like, oh, she went, so I'm going to go. Totally not. It was a complete decision on my own, but it made it a little easier. It wasn't as big of a plunge. Um, and the courage was really that, like, I realized that, like, I needed this. You can't just keep, you can't just keep going. Like, you have to, you have to make your own. And right to show one day when you're, you're, you know, raising a family, it can't just be like by rope. You have to really put yourself into like learning what it's all about, making it yours, so that you could give it over coming from such a place instead of just the place of like, yeah, this is what I did all along. So this is what we're going to do. Um, I think that was the main thing. So like, I felt like I needed to like actually learn what this is all about to give it that strength and that clarity and to really make it my own so that Mertesham, 
the future I'll be able to give it over in that way. That's but yeah, incredible. it definitely was a big step of like deciding for myself and it was not what everyone was doing. And it was a, a big thing in that like for some people and for a while, I just didn't tell anyone about that part of my plans because I was working in the afternoon. People would ask me um, what what I did and I would just tell them about my job in the afternoon. I conveniently left out my morning in some days because I didn't want to go there and people would just get so weirded out. Like you did seminary already, why are you doing it again? And why like going to Crown Heights? So I would just leave that part out. Um, it was something like I knew I was choosing to do and I didn't want to have to like deal with everyone else's opinions about it. So I would leave it out. Some people I told, and um, shockingly enough, some people were like, oh, that's so nice. Like, good for you. I would like love to keep learning. So that, that was nice to hear. But either way, it was something I knew that I had to do for myself. Um, and like all the learning I had before was nice, but I needed to like do chassidus for real and not just, you know, like a once with Tanya share. And I, Baruch Hashem, did not regret even a second of it. Wow, you are a real nachshan, I must say, taking that plunge. That is incredible. Um, so you basically started taking on this light, started learning this chassidus, right? So much new stuff. Do you feel like the Breva says, right? The point is to light the candles to the point where it could stay lit on its own. Do you feel like now you're already like a part of the game? Like you, how much of yourself do you feel like is already like, you know, it's like second nature? So, you know, life is, is it's an avoid that like it doesn't end. It's not like I did it now I'm lit and it just keeps going like on, you know, automatic. But which parts it became second nature? Uh, good question. So I'd heard about one girl that does chitas. And I didn't know any any other girls in the world that did chitas. And all I knew was that the Rebbe said to do chitas. Didn't really know much more about it. And I started doing it. Looking back, I have no clue how I did it. Like what game that pushed to do it when I didn't hear that much about it. Um... And even like once I went to Sembei, just knowing there's so many other people also doing Chitas, like seeing Chayin was around and like everyone else doing it, it makes it so much easier. And and learning about it. Like I, I knew a little what I was doing and hearing what the Rebbe said about doing Chitas. So I'm not going to say that now Chitas is like automatic. It's like I never forget it and it's never a struggle. But it is like a part of my day at this point. It's just a question of one, but it's Baruch Hashem become a part of my day. Um, and that Okay, it, it wasn't like one day to the next. This was like over years. But that was like a light that was lit then. And at this point, Baruch Hashem keeps burning. Actually, this was, I think, another part of the Sikha, that when you light someone else's, that it should stay lit. So this is also about Chitas. This wasn't the, the way I did it. It was the other person. But I was learning with another girl from Bar Park. I think we were learning like, we would learn like a Sikha every week. Um... And I don't remember the context of why I said this and where it came in, but I mentioned something about chitas. And then I said, wait, do you know, did you ever hear about chitas? You know what it is? And she said, no. So I told her about it. And she said, wow. And she ordered a Chayinu subscription. I told her about Chayinu also. And she started doing it. Not like the whole thing all at once, but she started trying to do chitas. And I was like blown away by that. All I did was like told her about it. And then it was like a lit, like a candle that just, you know, like stayed lit on its own. That is actually incredible. And I feel like that's like a real chassid of the Rebbe. Like the Rebbe had all these pulas. People are asking, why should I put on tefillin? Why should I do this? It's like, no. Like the Rebbe said it. No questions. We'll find out later. But like, and this girl doesn't even learn chassid as She's like starting to say chitas. Like, yeah, that is. So by, by now she actually learns like a lot more chassid. But that point, I, I could she learned a little more besides. Like there was like a Sharon bar park we went to. Um, 
and we learned Sikha together, whatever. But she heard about Chitas and she started doing as much of it as she could. Wow. So yeah. you were saying okay. like it's still an onward journey and like there's it's not like, you know, check, I'm I'm perfectly, you know, chsidus influenced. You know, right. it's it's constant. But at the same time, like you said, there's still some things that just became a part of you now. It's like second nature. So the Rebbe says we shouldn't just be doing mitzvahs like, you know, second nature. Mitzvah and how do we keep that spark going? So I'm asking you, like, how do you keep that passion going that like, yes, things are becoming natural for you. But like, how do you keep it still fresh and new, like exciting, like you just did the first time when you started hearing chassidus? So the question is, it, it, this is the struggle. Um, Basically, to keep learning. It's not like a one-time thing. You learn, you're done, now you have inspiration. It's to keep learning too. It, it doesn't end. And there's always so much more to learn. And inspiration doesn't last forever. So you just keep learning and surrounding yourself with people who are passionate about these things, like Lamasha or Rifki Laufer. That's and going to Febringen. Oh, and another big one, big one that I found for myself is spreading it to other people helps you internalize it so much more. So being involved in learning physics with other people, other friends that I have from Bar Park that are not like, you know, not learning physics otherwise, or even if they are, but not, you know. Not like Kronheiters. Um and you know, involved in arranging Sherm and Bar Park and things like that. There was like oil bus going from Bar Park that I took a few times. Just like getting involved in, in spreading the light helps you to keep your light burning strong. Wow, that's so true. That's literally what the Rebbe says. Like everything a lot of the points I've started realizing from the Sikhs, the Rebbe is very into the number three. Like, there's you, there's Hashem, and there's the world. And we can't forget about the world, we can't forget about Hashem. And, you know, like, there's me, my Avaita, and there's others. Um, so, yeah, that's literally what they were saying. Like, light, we have to light our own fire so we can light others, so we can light up the world one step at a time. And, yeah, literally, it's incredible. Like, for me, just to be learning these Sikhs, to be able to teach it to others, you just learn it 10 times deeper, 10 times, you know, more real. You bring with amazing people, like the Sikha is just like smacking in, you know, it's, it's, it's shining up. Wow. So, Mechabela, we have the inspiration. You taught us how to, you know, make it yours, but keep it going, keep on learning. Any last thoughts, any last words that Lubavitch inborn people should know? Like sometimes we, we ourselves, just like Mitzvah Sanash and Lumada, everything just gets boring. Like, yeah, Rebbe wants this, Rebbe wants this. Uh, we have so much. It's like, I feel like sometimes we just like don't have that passion, that energy anymore because we have all the gold laying on our shelves. So we're like, hey, why should we, you know, go, you know, start touching it? It's like, hey, it's there. It's going to be there forever. How do we get the passion that Michelle's coming today? And we don't have this forever business, you know, like in my actual Amos is a real thing. And, and it's such, it's such a powerful point when I remind myself, like, Pasha, we don't have forever. Like, today is the day Mashiach's coming. What are you doing today to greet him? Like, are you embarrassed to do this and this? I'm just going to mention a point before you answer your question. Like, the Arab says in the Sikha, we have to be, it says, shall have us ayla meila. We have to increase our light, our shall have us in a way of ayla, in a way of totally, you know, upping up in our ladder, not just like going to different parts of in our level. No, getting up in our level. And I feel like that's like Pasha hard and that's like, sometimes people are like not ready for that but like basically can you please conclude this with any last words to fellow Lubavitchers who were brought up 
you know, into Lubavitch family. We have chassidus on our shelves. We have the gold. But so many times it's like I'm expecting the gold to sit on the shelves forever. So eventually when I'm 45 and I'm a perfect human being, I'll start picking up a sicha, you know, transforming my life. Sometimes it's like hard to face the reality that like, no, this sicha is meant for me in my situation, in my struggle now. I'm not waiting to be this perfect person to start learning chassidus. On the contrary, the whole point of learning chassidus is for the situation that you're in, to light it up. So, Nu, what's what's your inspiration? What are we missing? What can we uh, use as an... Like, you you live in Burpark. You get the whole spiel. You see what we have. So, what is that that you see? Okay, so this is one way that I look at it. I don't know if this is helps, if this fully answers your question. Um, I actually... Who was it? Mrs. Garari asked me to speak on Yotes Kisley. She was making Yotes Kisley for bringing for 12th graders, I think it was. So I came and spoke there. She wanted me to talk about, like, I don't know, I guess, like, what I said, it's like, like, being that, like, you know, what it added to my life, kind of thing, someone who didn't, like, fully grow up with it, whatever. So I just thought of this, this um, kind of marshal. It goes like this, because the night before had been the Yotes Kisley event in Brazdag, I think it was. Okay, so imagine that huge room, fully set up, stunning, stunning, gorgeous room, like all the chairs, all the packages on the chairs, the stage and all that, but it's so dark, you can't see a thing, there's no light on, right? Everything's there, like, you can't say that the event wasn't beautiful, it was a beautiful event, but you couldn't see it because the light was off. That is like when you have Tyra without Siddhis. It's Tyra has all the meaning, all the beauty, all the joy, everything that a person can need in their life, but if you can't see it, how are you going to access it? You have to do is turn on the light. And I said, this is the light. Now, what happens? People sometimes think, I have the room, I have all the beauty, and I have the light. It's all installed. I even got all, all the, uh, tons of light fixtures installed. So that's people sometimes who go up with, they have everything installed. But if you don't turn on the light, you're still in the dark. So you have to turn on the switch. And turning on the switch is when you realize that it's not enough for it to just be there. But when you try, when you realize that this is, this is what you need to live your life. And when you try to make it your own and not just learn it as, as a theoretical subject, because this is what we learn. And, you know, in Bistrifka, we have a Tanya class, so I'm learning Tanya. When you realize that Tanya is for me, for my visit Hashem, and to, I mean, you have it all there, it's just turn on the light in the way you view all of it. That it's for you and it's, and, and it's what you need for your visit Hashem and to be Mashiach. Well, can I just say how this like whole muscle connects to Parshas Balaischa? <laughs> right? I didn't even think of that. Wow, Ashkach is turning on the light. Hey, we're making Chadashim over here. Wow. That's what the Arab wants. <laughs> wow, so basically it's light and Chassid is all about turning on that light. Like, we get the deeper meaning behind everything. Not everything is black and not confusing, but now it's like, it's clear. It's with clarity. It's with joy. It's with passion. Wow, L'chaim. Now, can I do a... um? advertising for soulwords.org to be able to make this real and practical and like viewing the world in a different light because of it not just knowing it as facts but really changing the lens that you view everything with soulwords.org i found that really like helped me like it's it, it took this from and, and made it really really practical so if you haven't visited that website yet soulwords.org there's tons of good stuff there yeah, I can't wait for Rabbi Shay's tab to come. Thank you for this advertisement. Um, wow. So basically, we got the advertisement. We got the chassidus. We got the light. I just want to actually add one more point that, that says in the sicha where the Rebbe is saying how, first of all, it's pretty cool because the Rebbe says in this week's sicha, like there's seven branches of the Menorah. 
there's seven different modes of Avedis Hashem. So it's cool to be speaking to you who's, you know, you, you really see a lot of different kinds of modes um, in Avedis Hashem. But really, we're all made up of that piece of gold, that one Miksha Zahav. So it's pretty powerful about that point. But the point I really want to focus on right now for a bit is the part where we see that if we, there's two ways to divide Taira. There's five Chamashim or there's seven. Why? Because in this week's Parsha, there is a special section of Vahibin Saiha Aran, which is actually counted as its own Parsha. And then the part after it and before is also its own Parsha. So we have Reishish Mais, Vayikra, Bamidbar before Vahibin Saira. Then we have Ahibin Saya, and then we have the part after, and then we have number seven is Varm. So the sixth part starts off with Vayhi Ha'am Kimis when the Yidin complained. And the Torah is saying, Why? Why are we having this first name of this Parsha? It's starting off with something negative. And the point there I was saying is that to show us that this is what Tyra does. Tyra affects the world, Tyra affects every single part of our positive emotions, our negative emotions, our, you know, our good, our good parts, our bad parts. Tyra is life. Tyra affects everything. Um, are you ready for this question? But, ready or not, here it goes. Is there a part of your life where not necessarily was so pretty, so beautiful, so like, you know, perfect uh, mode, but you were able to, with the help of Tyra, bring in that Tyra that clarity, which helped you realize that this negative part of me or this not necessarily beautiful part of me is here to help me serve Hashem. And I can actually reveal the Aleph in that situation as well. Um, I can't think of a specific situation now, like offhand, but in general, the idea, um, the song, the Benini, the English Benini, and to Hashem, the battle, the victory, that's something that changes a lot of situations because it takes you from thinking that the struggle is a hindrance and thinking like, what do I have to deal with this? Why can't I just be perfect? Why am I dealing with this again and again? To thinking this is the that this is the beauty, this is the victory. The fact that I'm still dealing with this and still fighting that Yitzhahara and still trying to serve Hashem, that gives Hashem such such pleasure. And so it changes really all situations where there's a struggle and it gives value to that struggle instead of being like, why can't I just be past the struggle already? Right, it's so true. Like if someone is still persevering with the struggle, that's like incredible. Like some people are just like, I'm done. Yala, I'm just going to give in. Like my Itzahara is being great and I'm not. So Yala, he wants me to, to watch this. He wants me to say this. He wants me to drink this or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, whatever situation, type is you have, people could just give up eventually. But if you are still battling and you're really trying and you feel that like, oh, no, I want to just get my elbows covered. I just, I just want to. That, that's like a schmuck. Like, wow, you guys are rocking it. The Chava Bela Silver, Shkayach for adding your light. And I know this was not easy for you. And this was a real Ayla, Shalhavis Ayla. You really like went on the next level on that ladder. You didn't just like, you know, comfort zone. Okay, so I'll speak here. No, you put yourself. I asked you, you said, uh, uh, okay, I'm Rabbi Chassid. I'm going to bring Mashiach. And listen, Mashiach's coming today. You're definitely going to be proud of uh, the the push that you did. At least that your Neshama is smiling. Okay, I actually have something to add. You just reminded me. Um, another thing that you're saying about something that you you did and then it was able to like burn on its own. So actually the topic of public speaking. So every time I had been asked to speak was always a very big deal for me. This is like a whole new level because it's recorded, but in general, public speaking, like live, not recorded. Um, it was always a very big deal. And what I would like, what like pushed me was always that like, if I have opportunity, 
to spread light, to say something that will inspire someone, then I, how could I just give up the opportunity because it's so hard for me. And I remember hearing, and I heard this like in a very short amount of time from a few different people in a few different ways. So it was like a very strong message that the opportunities that come your way are very clearly Ashkacha Pratis. And instead of wondering what does Hashem want from me, what does Hashem want from me, follow kind of the cues by the opportunities that he's giving you to give you an idea of what he wants from you. So it's a whole new way of looking at opportunities. Instead of just like, yeah, someone asked me, but I decided not to. It's, wait, is it something Hashem wants from me? Of course, not everything that comes your way do you have to do. Um, and you don't always have to torture yourself and push yourself. It's not what it's about. But to just have that mindset when things come your way, is it something that you possibly could do? It's just a little out of your comfort zone. Put yourself and do it because there's something that Hashem wants you to accomplish there. Um, so that's something that was like a very big struggle. And then it slowly, slowly is getting less and less. So this, like I said, was another level. But in general, like when I'm asked to speak, it, it's, it, it, it depends also on the situation. But like there's always that like, okay, this is not comfortable. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like at this point, it's not even so much a question anymore of like, am I going to do it? But it's like, yeah, we'll do it. Like. I have something to share that I'm going to do it. But it's in the beginning, it was a lot more of like I had to light this thing on my own. Um, and and then Hashem gives you the kayak also. It's not like a, you could take credit because you did it once and now you have to do it again. If Hashem gives you that, that kayak to keep doing the right thing and to make, you know, make it like get a little easier as time goes on. So you just remind me about that one. Yeah, 100%. I love how you said like Hashem gives you the kayak. It's so true. It's like Hashem sees like, yes, you're you're doing my shluchos, like, here's the brachas, here's the kayach. And I totally relate to what you said about, like, the public speaking. Like, the first time it's, like, tremble. The next time it's, like, okay, like, we're all, you know, neshamers and gofim, and we're just trying to elevate this world. Then you move on, you're like, okay, Mashiach's coming, y'all. Let's just, like, roll it. And you know what? Now, fine, this podcast is, like, you know, comfort zone. But if someone asked me to public speak, uh, I'm not running, you know, like, it'll be like, okay, heart starts pounding again. And then just like, hey, this is just my ego. Okay, we're stopping it. Nothing about me. It's about Hashem. Like, the journey is literally real. And the only way to go and Ayla to get up and up the ladder, the ladder and really fulfilling our purpose and our shluchos and lighting up the world and bringing Mashiach is when we force ourselves but that's my question like how much this is actually asking to you like Pashat, how much should I, should we force ourselves like if someone's like Pashat, like so so scared to do something should you force yourself i don't know like a question i always had yeah same by the way and so short answer is ttym ttym is talk to your because different people have different natures so different amount of forcing is necessary um too much pushing is not always good either and the, the being Ayla, right, going up and up and not staying in your comfort zone doesn't mean forcing and pushing and torturing yourself. It shouldn't feel always so painful. It should be, meaning it should be growing. Obviously, you have to be pushing, but pushing in a way that feels that it, it could also feel right. Not pushing in a way, like not everything is for everyone. And also, Hashem made people differently. You have different abilities, different things that, that you enjoy. See the things that give you passion and push yourself in those areas. It's not about pushing up to be someone who you're not. You're supposed to embrace who you are and how Hashem made you and use that to serve Hashem. Pushing doesn't mean pushing yourself out of who you are. Pushing out of your comfort zone means in within who you are to push yourself further. But I think what when it could be too extreme is when people take it as they have to force themselves to be this kind of person, that kind of person, they're not. If someone's more of an introverted person, doesn't mean they have to do all the public things. They have their avaida within, with within the way they are. Things that they can push themselves in that way. It's not about pushing yourself to be someone who you're not, because you never. It's not like a happy, healthy way to live, because you're just, you're just like always fighting yourself. It's not about fighting yourself. 
Right. And there's always it's guilt. About- there's always stress. Exactly. That's not Tyra. Oh, my friend told me the best line. Like, literally, we were, like, doing a time in, like, I don't know, some place with, like, Russians in a supermarket. So the day before, we did it, like, in a mall. We gave out, like, 25 minaras, like, flying off the table. I was like, wow, like, the was with us, you know, Mashiach now kind of thing. Next day, we like, hey, we had so much success. We know where you're pumped up. You got the light. You know, well, let's light up the world. We come, it's like last day of Hanukkah, like one person takes it for like, I don't know, his mother, but maybe doesn't have it. Another person like, basically it was like shvach of my sis. So I'm like, hey, we, I guess we got it for bring. So I was like, just stand there. And so she's had a really powerful point that I remember till today. And if she listens to this, so uh, she'll be inspired that you see, you don't know where your words take. Be, keep on inspiring people, everybody, because you don't know where anything goes. Kizer, she said that. How do you know you're living with Hashem? You're doing what Hashem wants? It says about Hashem, There's joy and gladness in His place. If you're not joyful and you're not gladnessful, you're not in His place. You're not with Hashem. So if I am quetching, stressed, you know, annoyed, upset, regret, that is all not alikos. And it's just such a, like, clarity, like, wow. alert. Is this Okay, delete or insert, you know? That's a very good, like, gauge to know if this is going the right way or not. Yeah. Whoever that friend was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess you're smiling. So, I guess is over here. Hashem was definitely appreciating this. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today. Have a good day. Thank you for having me. If you would like to sponsor a future Sikha summary or DAS discussion, email allafallover at gmail.com. And again, share this podcast with a friend. Go ahead, rate it. And together, we are bringing Mashiach now.